Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Told y'all before it was supposed to the bow. Nothing but the repeat with Wentz back on the throne. All we do is set trends, so you know what we own. Yep, I'm back with the remixes, fourth and jaw. All birds, all Philly, midnight green. Things changing for the better since we got that ring. Put the league on notice, we're not done. 2019, we adding another one. Yeah, you heard me right on every Tuesday night. Eight to ten birds of a feather got that flight. Nothing but the hot takes. Back with the big facts for the fans by the fans exactly where we at pull up to the tailgate stop by f1 baptized by the pope been bass for everyone flying in from the west coast even overseas get blessed by ginger jesus we disciples of the tree wait chmp s don't stress we on the same conquest dominate the division destroy the nfc conquer the afc grab that vince lombardi went to aj clim it up the gut be grand with the strip sack this sound familiar huh I can go on the slot, Sproles with the return, Mills with the pick six, okay, wait, it gets worse, Jay train on the run, J.E. hitting from 60, Fletcher seeing that D-line, that's what you don't want to see, Earps catching tubs, foes on another level, the Superboy, the only time you see that Philly special, we live from Broad Street, brotherly loves the heartbeat, hungry dogs run faster, and we don't eat cheap, no one likes us, and we don't care, cause we from Philly, and we ain't never scared, look up. But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? What's up? 
Columbia. We are live broadcasting from Wildfire Sports Studios for NBC Sports Philadelphia. Welcome to the 4th and John Show, episode 70. Boys and girls, your Philadelphia Eagles are 2-1. and one. It's a hell of a lot better than being 1-2. and two. And trust me, if I had to come into this studio and talk about a 1-2 and two Philadelphia Eagles team, we're having a completely different show today. The game was much like the tailgate. It was wet, at times very sloppy, but nevertheless, a win is a win. And it was so good to see Carson Wentz, number 11, the ginger Jesus, back under center for the birds, looking like that MVP candidate that he was last year, showing those flashes. It was so good to see that offense be able to run the ball, despite the fact that there was no Jay Ajayi, there was no Darren Sproles, and Clement and Smallwood, they got the job done. It was so good to see those two tight end sets that I've been absolutely pounding the table for. Going up and down the field. Goddard and Zach Ertz making things happen. It was so good to see the defense have that bounce back game after Tampa Bay. That miserable experience down there. And it was good to see the Eagles continue on their 7-3 and three under Doug Peterson dominance at Lincoln Financial Field. It wasn't easy. But it was a win, and again, two and one is a whole lot better of a conversation than being one and two. I walked away from this game feeling like this, having this thought exiting Lincoln Financial Field. The three games that the Eagles have put together in the NFL, albeit a small sample size, the NFL has not seen the best of what the Philadelphia Eagles have to offer. Most of that due to injury. And I think this week, when they travel down to Nashville to play the Tennessee Titans, you might finally see a Philadelphia Eagles team that is dominant, that was steamrolling like they did last year, and puts the rest of the league on notice like, look, the world champs might not have looked good the first three games, but they are here, and they are ready to defend the crown. Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter. I know you were there with me. You were there at the tailgate. You were partying up. You were loving that ginger Jesus feeling that you had. How are you tonight, sir? Doing great, man. Uh, we're sitting here 2-1. and one. As you said, a dub is a dub. Uh, you know, that's good for this ball club. I'll take it. If you, if you thought back in, in the offseason, you think that no Carson Wentz, no Alshon Jeffrey, Darren Sproles is out, you know, multiple guys injured. For us to be 2-1, and one, and with Carson Wentz under the center, this is exactly where we want to be. Obviously, you know, there's a little rust on Carson Wentz. Sure, um, sure. But the dude, but the dude. The dude. But the dude's spin move was more lethal than Michael Jackson's spin move. This dude, you know, <laughs> this guy, he, you think, you know, he might be injured. You know, during the offseason, he said, you know, I, I have no hesitations. Obviously, he has no hesitations. Um, you know, he did throw some balls over, you know, over some guys' heads. He did throw an interception, a little fumble. Uh, but, I, you know, at the end of the day, you saw that offense move like it was supposed to move. On the first drive of the game. Yes, sir. I tweeted out, you know, according to me, that is the first drive of the, the Philadelphia Eagles season. That's the first drive of the season. This is where it starts. You have now seen what the Eagles offense is capable of. Um, you know, I, you know the thing you like about Carson Wentz is his ability to throw 
at the you know, at the drop of the dime. He's always set to throw. Uh, you know, looking at Nick Foles, you know, he'll tap that ball a little bit. He'll get a little happy feet. But Carson Wentz is ready to rock. And, and you know, seeing Dallas Goddard—that's uh, my like little baby, my little, <laughs> my little draft baby, baby him, Dirk. For him to explode on the scene, seven catches, seventy-three yards, and a Dang, TD. That's kind of dope. Uh, you know, their first touchdown of the game—that was w- exactly what I thought of when he was drafted. Having Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard down by the red zone is going to be a terror for the rest of the league. And they're just getting started and just getting warmed up. Uh, that same touchdown um, throw, he had the same uh, play against the Bears last season to Zach Ertz. When when Dallas Goddard caught that ball, I thought that was Zach Ertz. Um, so, obviously, uh, Carson is, is getting that chemistry back with the offense. Um, but the defense, defense wins championships, championships guys. Uh, the defensive stops at the end of the games, is this a, n- a new norm for us? Uh, I mean, but overall, 17 wins out of the last 20 games for the Eagles. That's Those are big numbers, man. Uh, and they've been 8 of 10 for uh, defensive stops in the red zone the last three games. I mean, that's something that's, you know, now the offense will get back to normal. S- the time of possession, over 40 minutes? That's ridiculous. That's freaking ridiculous. Like, 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 let's dive into the numbers Oof. a little bit, just to put this game into some perspective. Because it was Carson Wentz's first game. We got very caught up into that, all right? The weather certainly played a factor. Mm-hmm. We got caught up in that. The offense, they looked sloppy at times. We got kind of caught up in that. And Jalen Mills had a couple pass interference plays. We got caught up in that. But, let, but let's tell you, just take a look at the numbers to digest this thing, all right? Very balanced offensive game plan. 45% run, 55% pass. Eagles running backs had 142 yards on the ground, a 4.3 yard, a 4.3 yards per carry average. The tight ends, dear God, you can watch the game and know that the tight ends played a big role. You can, you can just see it on the field, but when you look at it, the tight ends comprised of 52% of the receptions and 61% of the passing yards. That is lethal. And without an over-the-top guy like Alshon Jeffrey, without a deep threat, which, by the way, the wide receivers, there's only two wide receivers that caught balls. I don't think any of them for over 20 yards. When you take a look at those tight ends, you can't cover both of them. And what the offense was able to do is put... Carson Wentz in a very quarterback-friendly position where all he had to do was really make one or two reads, basically one on a tight end. You can't cover both of them. So all he had to do was read one linebacker or one safety or one corner, and there was going to be a tight end open. Now, granted, it's not the same uh, identity. It's not the same powerhouse duo that Gronkowski and Hernandez were. But when you take a look at this offense, focusing around the tight ends, pick your poison. The defense is going to be wrong more times than they are right. And I was watching an interesting Baldy breakdown, right? Brian Balding, Bald, Baldy does an excellent job of breaking down film. And it wasn't just the way that the tight ends were catching balls. It was the way they were utilizing them, splitting them both in the slot and running opposite routes. So all Carson had to do was read the defense pre-snap, You heard a little kill, kill, kill. I got a little applause from the crowd, man. People were loving hearing, kill, kill, kill. Oh, man. Ooh, feeling some sort of way about hearing Carson in the pocket again. All he had to do was make a simple read, 
bang on one of those tight ends, hit one on the seam, hit one on the out route. And you were definitely right. At times, it was hard to tell Dirt and Zach Ertz apart because they were, they're both that kind of like bigger pass-catching tight end. Either way, the defense is going to be wrong. Now, there's a possibility that Alshon Jeffries come into play. All of a sudden, you got that deep third vertical threat. Pick your poison again. Yeah, you're going to have Nelly, Alshon Jeffrey. That's that's a duo. And oh, by the way, Jay Ajayi is probably going to be playing today. And Darren Sproles, according to Doug Peterson, barring any setbacks, Sproles he's back in the mix. This offense looked the way it was designed and the way it was supposed to with Carson Wentz under center, completely different than the way it was under Nick Foles. Hollywood Hearn is in studio working the soundboard. Hollywood, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. Uh, it's great to have Carson back. And uh, let, me, let me ask you if you guys had this feeling as well. Because even when we went down in the game, never for a second did I, did I feel like we were in ever in danger of losing that game. Nope. With Carson Wentz as our quarterback, not only does it give the fans um, more confidence and feel more secure in watching the game, but I really think that Carson being on the field – elevates the rest of the team offense or defense when they know that he's at the helm he just brings a totally new energy to the team and um honestly i loved doug peterson's game plan i think that it was brilliant um it was a little bit shocking uh me and trox are up in the stands watching the game together a little bit shocking that josh perkins was getting uh three targets on the on the first drive but i understand what doug peterson was trying to do he was trying to get the tight ends involved in the game and that's ultimately what ended up being the game plan. You, you wanted to um, – we don't have that over-the-top receiver that is available to us right now in Alshon Jeffrey. So you needed to pick apart from the inside. And he had a great balance of running and tight ends. And uh, I, th- I think it was a brilliant play, well, a brilliant I, game plan. You look at um, – you know, they had a lot of r- rookie linebackers in, mm-hmm. at play. I mean, that was – you know, you, you look at a couple plays. There's a guy, Sire Franklin, seventh-round rookie – on Zach Ertz, you see Wentz look right, looks left. He's like, yeah, this is it. Double slants. You know, they're taking advantage. Of, they, they did what they had to do. Uh-huh. I mean, those guys were open all day. And, and another thing I noticed from that game, um, even in the rain, Carson has a rifle, man. He had some zip on that ball. Right. He, he was slinging it in there. And there were, there, were, there were a few incompletions that, you know, they're not going to make the highlight reel or anything. But I saw the zip on that ball. Yes. Dude, dude can fit it in some tight places. That's going to be fun to watch the rest of the season. And the tight ends play on offense basically set up everything else that happened. It was a, it was a beautiful thing. The reason why Smallwood is so wide open on that, li- that down-the-seam route mm-hmm. is because the defense is focusing on the tight ends. When Nelly dove for that first down, go back and watch the play. He's a shifty fella. The, the corner had an option. It was Ertz. And it was Nelly crossing the field. The corner had the option of taking Nelly or Ertz. They were so concerned about the tight ends that they doubled Zach Ertz. Let Aguilar completely wide open to get that first down. The tight, the, the entire, I loved it. I absolutely loved it because you heard me on previous podcasts pounding the table, talking about these two tight end sets, talking about these two tight end sets. We need to get the tight ends more involved. Where has got it during Tampa Bay game? And this entire offense was the passing offense, and even the run game was predicated on what the tight ends were doing. They were so focused on them, it opened things up for everybody else. And the defense, the Colts came in the number one third down conversion percentage team in the NFL. Colts were two for 12 on third down, That's huge. a mere 16%. 
You want to talk about dominating the time of possession? That's why. You're getting the offense off the field. You know, your defense is holding, putting your putting Wentz back on the field. You're running the ball effectively. You're moving the chains with the tight ends. Oh, you see how all this starts mm-hmm. to make sense? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the, the stuff I've been talking about since week one makes a whole lot of sense. In the red zone, one for five in the red zone, 25%. <sighs> Bend, but do not break defense. That is the 2018 Philadelphia Eagles. And the one thing is, just like it, last year, we were number one against the run. They are showing they are super sound against the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, nobody's running on us. And, like, moving forward into this week against the Titans, that's what they like to do. They like to run. Yes, sir. So that's 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 right where we want them. You know, they're going into a buzzsaw. You know, that defensive line um, does work. Um, and the hats off to Derek Barnett. You know, he, he's, you know, people want to see more from him. But when the lights are on, the biggest moments, this guy keeps continuously showing up, mm-hmm. you know, coming up the big uh, sack on Luck and Luck's banging the ground. Uh, you know, held Andrew Luck. I mean, this is a guy that people were saying future Hall of Famer. 164 yards passing. That's it. That's like That's a Dak it. Prescott game. You know, and people will, you know, <laughs> you know. I, I think our our cornerbacks, you know, Mills got attacked a little bit, had a couple PIs, but people out there, I really feel like y'all need to chill out a little bit on, on Jalen Mills, and you know, yeah, dude. you know, he's a guy that if you ever play cornerback, you have to realize you have to have short term memory, you have to have that kind of swagger. He has that kind of swagger. You might not have the the deep speed, but as a cornerback. You know, he's a decent, solid cornerback in the NFL, folks. So, I mean, I don't know what y'all want from him. He's been, don't break. He's made a lot of plays in the end zone. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, they're showing up. And I know I'm a little late to the party on this, but can, but, but can I speak on it real quick? Speak. Just, just, just Jalen Mills talking about fake Eagles fans. All right, first of all, I realize he shouldn't be talking to the fans. And that never ends well. Every once in a while, you'll hear a Philadelphia Eagles player chirp at the fans. Jason Avant did it a couple years ago. And somebody you, somebody you would never expect, somebody who would diss the fans, did it. You got to understand, you guys out there on Twitter are putting thousands of mentions in this dude's inbox, right? When he checks his mentions, he's just seeing all this, you suck, F you, blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Should he have chirped back at the fans? Probably not. No, you got to rise above that. You got to be a professional. But any one of those people that are criticizing Jalen Mills for chirping at the fans, for being in his mentions, I guarantee you that same individual, had if they had one person in their mentions chirping at them, telling them that they suck or they play like crap or anything Clam like up. that, they would freaking lose their minds. Hell yeah, dude. You got to imagine, like, these people are human, all right? This is why I'm a big, like, don't at the players, dude. Never. Don't at the play. You can say what you want about the guy. There's no purpose in A- at Jalen Mills, you suck. I mean, if you want to add somebody, add just a Cowboy. Just won you a Super Bowl. Add, a, add like Ezekiel Elliott or Dak yeah. Prescott. Let him know how you feel. I added DeMarco Murray when he was on the Cowboys. Ooh, and I, what did I, you say? I got a little block. I tried to get him to unblock me when he joined the Eagles. But uh, <laughs> Good riddance, bro. Good, Absolutely good riddance. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, you talked about walking into a buzzsaw. And this is why I'm looking at this game, and I feel like this is – this is the opportunity for the Philadelphia Eagles to show that best 2018 Philadelphia Eagles right here, right now. Because not only are they going to be healthy, but everything that the Titans do is playing right into the strengths of the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles' defense is leading, leaving, or, or, or 
starting the season exactly where they left off in 2017, and that's with the number one overall rush defense. You've got Marcus Mariota back there who has nerve damage or something going on with his nerve in his elbow to the point where he can't feel his fingertips. Dude can't feel his fingertips. He had to go in for um, Blaine Gabbert. Right, he wasn't even planning on playing. Yeah. Blaine, Gra- Blaine Gabbert's in uh, concussion protocol, so all of a sudden Mariota's got to go in there. Rushes for fifty yards, but can't throw the ball down the field. They got some problems. You got you got some. Pro- if if you can't run the ball, and they will not be able to run the ball, and you've got a quarterback that can't fits magic you to death and get the ball down the field, what exactly are you planning to do against this Philadelphia Eagles team? Seriously, what are you planning to do? Not only that, but I know for a fact, like our friends at Green Legion, that stadium down there is going to be Nashville blue, but it is going to be a sea of green. It is going to feel like yet another home game, probably worse than the Tampa game. They're going to take that thing over, bring the same thing they did to the Chargers, same thing they did to the Rams, same same thing they do to all these small market teams. Look, the Eagles have a home field advantage. It's clear, cut, 17-3 and three under Doug Peterson at Lincoln Financial Field. Anytime you're able to bring that presence to an opposing stadium, he fares well for himself. They fare well for themselves as well. So I'm looking forward to what the Eagles are going to do against the Tennessee Titans. I'm looking forward to that crowd being there. And really, this offense starting to show what it's really capable of, what it's absolutely capable of. Yeah, I mean... They're, like I said, they're gonna run into a buzzsaw. I think this Eagles team is finally gelling. You know, they're 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 learning how to play with each other again. You gotta you gotta think they played with what, nine straight games with Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Now they have you know Carson Wentz did get sacked five times last last week. Yes. Can I, I ask you something? Man. What the hell's going on with Lane Johnson? Like I didn't, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it, but that Cleveland game in the preseason, right when everybody was killing Vitae, I was looking at the other side of the line, going, "What's up with Lane Johnson? Why is he being pushed back?" You know, ah, never mind. This is just preseason, no big deal. He's off the juice. I, I, I don't want to say that, hey. but but like, what's the deal with Lane? These last three games, he's getting pushed back. Yeah, I mean, he he did get pushed by. Uh... Carl Nassib against, um, and Carl Nassib was a guy that the Bucks signed off the street. Um, and then, Got cut by the Browns. Yeah. And then uh, was a Jamal um, dude from the Colts. Whoever, he pushed him back. Uh, that's when he, he, I think it was the fumble. Yeah, that was the fumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, you know. And a lot of those five sacks, I mean, they were not Carson's fault the way they would have been Nick Foles' fault. Because you're absolutely right. Nick Foles gets the happy feet. He starts burping the baby, patting the ball, eyeballing the receivers, kind of not getting the ball out quick enough. I felt like those five sacks against Carson, not only did he take them and take them well. I mean, he didn't try to die. He he ducked. He kind of cut. He protected himself. He didn't try to do too much. But a lot of that was in breakdowns of protection. That has me a little bit worried. When your offensive line, who was the strength of your team last year, all of a sudden now is getting pushed back, into the quarterback who's coming off a knee surgery, you know, and and, and you have Arakpo and Morgan starting in Tennessee. That's a pretty dynamic duo. I mean, the offensive line has got to be able, if we're going to get a vertical game, passing game going, big, large chunk plays down the field, especially if Alshon's back, 
you got to give Carson a little bit more time. Now, granted, he has that pocket awareness, and you saw it, man. That guy has, like, spidey sense, mm -hmm. right? You remember that uh, in Infinity War and, and the first introduction to Spider-Man to that? He's on the school bus, and bing, those hairs on his arms stand up. I mean, that's exactly what Carson, he feels pressure the way I've never seen an Eagles quarterback feel yeah. pressure. He doesn't even have to be looking at it. He knows it's coming. But the point is not to have it coming so he can set his feet, make the throws, get the ball down the field. Yeah, I mean, he's got a great feel for the game. Um, he, he talked about um, recently, he talked about uh, on uh, NFL Game Pass about his scrambling, scrambling abilities and, and on third and long on how he approaches it, like he likes to extend the plays. And that's something you're not going to get from Nick Foles. Um, but I think Carson Wentz brings that extra, that extra ability that, you know, like the play's never dead. And I think mm -hmm. the offensive line, going back to the offensive line, they have to get used to blocking for Carson Wentz. That like, you know, Nick Foles isn't going to extend the plays like that. Nah. But you got you to gotta get used to, you know, Carson's ways. Um, you know, it might take, might take a game or so. But um, I think next week is, is going to be lethal. He, he had to shake off the rust. Like, like, like there was inevitably, you got to remember, this guy hasn't played meaningful, meaningful football since December. December. Since you and I were out there in Los Angeles with all the Eagles fans cheering that they won the game, basically crying at breakfast the next morning going, <laughs> I can't believe, oh my God, do you think it's the ACL? Oh my! God. That guy hasn't played since then. It's essentially a preseason game. It's, it's essentially a preseason game yeah. for him, and he looked that good. Now, Come granted, on. the fumble. Listen, he got a he got a defensive lineman blocked. Stuff like that. The ball's wet. Stuff like that's going to happen. The interception when he was trying to nail Ertz. You go to the well one too many times, and he and he was eye banging the the, yeah, the yeah, tight end. You know what I mean? They, it, the Baldy breakdown breaks it down so great. Even on that touchdown with like Goddard, right? Yeah. He looks off to safety to Zach Ertz's side, shades him there just long enough to hit dirt in the end zone. Yeah, that, was the, that, that one, and, and Zach Ertz ran a little, like, hook pattern. It was so easy, and he's staring him down. It's so easy for the linebacker to pick that off. That's that sort of game-time rust, that game-feel rust. But when he's dodging opponents or dodging defensive linemen in the pocket, running, diving for first downs. It's just instincts. That's, that's not something yeah. you shake the uh, rust off of. But I, I, the one thing I think that Carson does have is like the he's been taking those mental reps for the last couple months. Like yes. you know he's been diving into the film book. So when you know, you know Nick Foles goes up to the line of scrimmage, you're like, all right, he, he knows all the he knows most of the plays. You know Carson Wentz knows all the back back door, the secrets, and you know he can, he can run this offense on the fly. Like you, we talked about Car um, Nick Foles and the rhythm, him getting into the rhythm. We saw that with Carson Wentz. Him, he could just take. You know, they could go up tempo at any time. Uh, and you, you talk about those those runs that you saw that that they were winning on. Those those were some plays that were checked out by uh, Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. You know, he's looking at the protections. He's looking, look. You see him doing the math, doing the numbers. He's like, all right, I'm going to check to a run to the left. And it, it, that's the kind of thing that you don't really see with Nick Foles. So, mm -hmm. and Nick Foles, when you, when you go back and you revisit. Not only the run that he had last year, but the first couple games this year. And then you see Carson play. You kind of realize that Nick, Flo Nick Foles was running the plays that were giving to him. He wasn't checking stuff at the line. 
It wasn't calling audibles. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, they ran some hurry up, but for the most part, it was kind of he ran what was given, which is more of a credit to like Doug Peterson and the yep. offensive staff and calling the right plays and getting Nick Foles into the rhythm. You could call that a system QB. A system quarterback. But when Carson comes out in his first meaningful action, right, and then is in the hurry up and calling audibles at the line, you talked about being away from the game, taking those mental reps. I mean, I'm not saying that Carson being out was a good thing. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl, worked out fine. But just like a coach when he's sometimes removed from the game has a better perspective watching other people do what they do, you know, Dick Vermeil had a great quote when he was up in the booth, right? Stepped away from the game, burned out, crying, press conference, I'm mentally doing his Dick Vermeil thing. Stepped into the booth and got and had the ability to watch every other NFL coach kind of do their thing and took from every other NFL coach what he liked, what he didn't like, what he liked, what he didn't like. And then when he went back to St. Louis to win that Super Bowl, that's what gave him the experience to win that Super Bowl. Carson Wentz is sitting there taking all those mental reps, watching what makes Nick Foles effective. Not only Nick Foles, but watching opposing quarterbacks, what's making them effective, and incorporating it into his own game and taking those mental reps. You can't say, you can't put a value on that, how important that that was, and you saw it because the first action he had, hurry up offense, slinging the rocks, using the tight end, Calling audibles, you're absolutely right. He has a masterful uh, mental rap on this game to the point where he can conduct it himself. He doesn't need the play calls. Uh, and did you guys not get the feeling that Doug Peterson, when um, the first drive that the Eagles had, uh, he sends Carson out there with five wide, no one in the backfield. That, to me, was Doug, Peter saying, Doug Peterson saying, this is your team. Go out and, and do it. Yeah, I mean, did, did you get that feeling? I mean, like, I, I, I get that sense of trust. I, yeah. I get that sense of trust in the communication lines that are super open between uh, Peterson and Wentz. And when he's out there, he, he's just like, do your thing. You know, you know the offense, right? Um, but the ability, to, you know, to make make all the right reads is the the most beautiful. Going back and watching the game, and in in slow mo and watching the plays break down and seeing like his mental makeup. Yeah. Uh, on the fly is crazy. It's stellar. Yeah, I mean that's what you you know like there's a couple there's a couple of plays he sees Ertz in the slot two high safeties he's looking all right okay let's check out of this the safeties are way too back I hit Ertz on a little uh, little bubble screen but it's eight yards you know like mm-hmm. those plays they add up stack up you get a you get a I mean come on the last the last drive. 17 plays? Yeah, 11, 11 minutes, minutes in the fourth quarter. Come on, man. That, that, I was that, cracking that, that, up on, in that my is seat watching of. this. I was, I was that, cracking up. That is unheard of. Yeah. An 11-play fourth quarter drive. Seven, 17 play. Seven, well, 17, that, 11 minutes. 17 11 minutes. Play. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 11 minutes, 17-play drive. That's unheard of in the NFL. completely bled the clock was it, that uh, the Giants Super Bowl game with the, the Giants versus Bills? It was like a 19-play I, I'm trying to think about the last time I've, over here. I'm trying to le- think about the last time I've seen a long drive like that. Uh, but 17 play. To, I mean, to win the game. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's absolutely phenomenal. And again, even though Carson looked good, even though the defense ba- bounced back, even though the two tight ends got involved, thank God, and even though they were effective at running the ball without a Jai and without a 
without Sproles, the NFL has not seen the best the Philadelphia Eagles have to offer. You're going to see it next week. And it is critical that the Eagles come back next week 3-1. and one. Mm-hmm. Because no game on this schedule, up and down, is going to be easy. We're not going to be steamrolling teams like we were last year when they didn't see it coming. I, I, I think we might next week, but we're not, we're not going to have those, you know, one-sided, lopsided victories. Simply put, you're the Super Bowl champs. You're going to get everybody's best effort. you got a target on your back. You're going to get everybody's A game. And even having said all that, the quote-unquote easy part of the schedule is done. We are one game away from the first quarter of the season. You know how I like to break down seasons. Mm -hmm. First quarter of the season being Mm -hmm. over with. It is super critical to be 3-1 and this time next week because it doesn't get any easier after this. Week five, you got the Vikings, who are 1-1-1. You know who they lost to. I know know who they lost to. I know who they lost to, but uh, there's 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 still a good team. Week six, you're at the New York Giants. Dumpster fire. They're trash. Eagles should, but they always play the Eagles. They top. Play them hard, I, you know, division games. You can't division sleep games. On them. Okay, I'll give you that division game against an opponent that always seems to play you tough. Week seven at home versus the Panthers, who are two and one, and then week eight before the bye in London against the Jaguars. I'll repeat that. The easy part of the schedule, quote-unquote, is done. Vikings, Giants, who play you tough all the time, Panthers, and Jags. Three out of those four teams were in the playoffs last year. Two out of those teams are in the ESPN Power Ranking top ten. It's going to get real hard real quick, which is why it's critical to be 3-1 and one this time yeah. next week because you don't know. I mean, the Jags in London... That's pretty much a home game for them. That's a home game to them, and you're traveling to London? That's tough. Panthers, going to play you tough. New York Giants, play you tough. And the Vikings, going to have revenge on their mind. So, I mean, you need to start racking up these wins while you have the opportunity because it's a race to the bye. And this is where uh, you said, what, a couple weeks ago when we start losing all those games? I predicted right. that yeah. the Eagles would come out to a slow <laughs> start, kind of get their legs underneath them, be 500 at the bye, <laughs> And then go make a run in the second half of the season. But I would, I would love to be wrong. I would love to be absolutely wrong on this. And have the Eagles maybe, I don't know, first eight games of the season, five and three. Five and three feels pretty comfortable. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, I would say so. Five, five, five and three is not bad, it's, Gail. It's not bad. It's just not Winston? great, but uh, you know. Well, consider well considering the the difficulty yeah. of our schedule the, think, in the I first think, half. I think once we get, you know, we once we get our meat and potatoes back in the offense, mm-hmm. we just need to get those guys going. You know, especially through well, this. We've got the fillet back. We've got we've got the the, <laughs> the the main we're just oh, waiting main, for that main, good, main course good taters and then asparagus <laughs> or something like that we're waiting for good side no, dishes no, to come the, back the seafood Alshon <laughs> yeah calamari the fried calamari Alshon can, calamari can we can we address the uh, the elephant in the room here your boy Old Navy played his heart oh, out oh yeah. Old Navy yeah. all of a sudden looking a little Gucci in looking, the end looking zone. pretty yeah, Gucci Old Navy he pops them off Old Navy is not a uh, a diss. 
Old Navy. It's not. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's basic. Yo, Old Navy is like a staple of your outfit. Like you don't go to Old Navy. It's not a staple of my outfit. To, yeah. to shine. When, when have you ever worn Old Navy? I rock a, a plain T-shirt from Old Navy or like a hoodie from Old Navy. I'm disappointed in you, my friend. Iraq, you gotta have some flip flops. Something plain. Nah. No, nah, something nah, plain. Nah. He he showed that he was a staple of the offense. Wendell Smallwood, though, I will say he's he has one of the more peculiar running styles. He hits the hole that he's supposed to hit, and then goes backwards. No, well, no. <laughs> if it's there, it's there. If it's not, there's no bouncing to the outside. There's no like, there's no way you would have Wendell Smallwood running a zone run scheme. Yeah, because he he's incapable of picking the hole. Mm-hmm. He's runs where he's supposed to run. If it's there, it's there. There could be other open lanes to the left see, and the see, right of him, but he's running. Boom, I'm supposed to be here. See, that's what I'm saying. There's no flair to his game. There's no flair to Old Navy's styling of clothes. It's just, it is what it is, right? I, I don't know, man. You, 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 see, what, you see what I'm you, saying? Your swag game just took a took a hit right. there with the, with the Old Navy. I'm talking about staple, like socks. You buy socks from Old You get some plain tees. Really? Old Navy? Yeah. All right. And you get it for a low budget. That's what I'm saying. And then you get your Gucci and you get your other stuff to over... And your fake gold chains. Yeah, and your fake gold <laughs> chains and dress it up. You know what I mean? But, I, I mean, obviously, you know, he played a phenomenal game. He pushed the, pushed the pile. He got the yards that he was trying to get. Um, he made a, a brilliant catch. Um, it was a seam out of the, the backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to give him his props. I mean, he, he played well. I mean, it's, it's been his uh, issue is being, you know, falling apart. Just like Old Navy's clothes, they fall apart. After a couple washes, <laughs> see where I'm going with this. Or donkey, see where I'm going with this. I'm disappointed in you, my friend. Um, so, but he he did he showed up, man. He showed up, showed up in the passing game, showed up showed up in the rug game, uh, when the team needed him the most. ESPN power rankings. Let's talk about it real quick for a second. All right. Number one, Los Angeles Rams. You know their point differential is insane this year so far, dude. They they they, they just, look as advertised. They Although they their had corners, their both corner, corners. yeah, both corners went down. But uh, I mean, Todd Gurley is just balling out. Yeah, and that that offense looks like it's going to be a problem. And the <laughs> Rams certainly pushed their chips all in this year. Yeah. Uh, after three games, it is certainly bearing fruit. Are you are you afraid? I, listen, man. No, no grown ass man wants to admit they're afraid. Just a little, little bit. I'm, I'm showing some respect. A little, little bit. Uh, uh, no, no, I don't. No, I don't. The thing is, the Rams aren't even hitting on all cylinders yet. Nope. That's we, the problem. Bro. Either we, bruh. I'm not scared. I'm Either just we, bruh. Saying I'm, I'm concerned. I hate that. By the way, yeah, I feel like I'm not scared of uh, like, like. All right, let's. No man wants to admit that they're scared. But let's take let's take the word scared and just say like, you know, I'm concerned, respect, respectfully concerned <laughs> about the Los Angeles Rams. Akeem Talib might steal my chains, sir. <laughs> Come on, look at this dude. Well, who's okay. the, who's, Settle, who's, settle down over there. Who, who's the wide receiver who did Akeem Talib the most dirtiest last year? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alshon Calamari. Jeffrey. <laughs> That's for real. Uh, number two, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, man. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Patrick, breaking records, looking good. Mm-hmm. All Dude, the that... motion. All the motion. They got guys flying all over the field, and then Tyreek Hill is a, a problem. Yeah. Number three, your Philadelphia Eagles. Do you think that's too high, too low, or exactly where it's supposed to be? That's right there. Yeah, it's right there it's in okay. the ball. I feel like any three of those top three could all be interchangeable. Do you? I think so. 
Yeah. I, I, I think they're right where they're supposed to be. I, I would give the nod to the Rams, and the Chiefs look good well, we, for now. We want it that way. That's it. this is where I want it. I underdogs. Want it underdogs. I want us in the in the you know as low as we can get. Number four, Jacksonville Jaguars, who by the way only put up six points against the ten- the aforementioned Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. That was that was a weird game. Defensive. The defensive battle. Basic quarterbacks. Blaine yeah. Gabbert and wow, Blaine Gabbert and um. That's, that's that's pretty basic. Bortles, yeah, uh, Bortles. It's the basic bowl. Bortles reminds <laughs> the, the Bortles basic reminds bowl. me basic bowl, and they were both. Uh, Gabbard played for the Jaguars as well. Yeah, Bortles reminds me of like a Trent Dilfer, who's just a quarterback being, being carried by an elite defense. That's that's what I see in Bortles at least. Number five, New Orleans Saints. He's mobile though. Yeah, the Saints. How about the Saints? Uh, they got some offense, but we still don't know. Michael Thomas is a real deal, man. Yeah. Number six, Tomorrow. the New England Patriots, who For, on oh. Sunday night football embarrassed. got embarrassed, embarrassed by the Detroit Lions. I want you. It's the revenge what game. the hell happened there? Dude, Tom <laughs> Brady looks like he doesn't even want to be on the field, bro. Yeah. You see him throw his helmet? I did not see him throw his he helmet. Throw his helmet. Did he really? He did. So after the tirade that he went on prior, like last week, and now he's sitting there hanging a put. Like, he acted like he didn't want to be in there yeah. at all. Do you, do you think Matt Patricia had anything to do with that? Like uh, He knew like, how to defend them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He knew how to defend them. Yeah. But Tom Brady is getting he frustrated. His, he needs his weapons back, too. You know, he. that's why Josh Gordon is in the house. But he didn't play. But, Mm-mm. you know, and Edelman's out as well. So He had Gronk back. He's got and Gronk. New England Patriots fans did not want to believe me when I tweeted out shortly after the Super Bowl to remember the name Philadelphia Eagles because they are the ones that ended the dynasty. And as you nothing. see Jimmy Garoppolo go to San Francisco, by the way, sucks what happened to him. Yeah. That's a shame. As yeah, there's a, there's a curse. Jimmy Garoppolo goes to San Francisco, a, a, a kind of a power play on the part of Robert Kraft, there were rumors of tension last year between Kraft and Belichick. Now there's rumors of tension between Tom Brady and Belichick. All of a sudden, things aren't all happy in paradise, and it doesn't look like the New England Patriots, while albeit they have all the talent in the world, don't have the ability to get their minds right, get their act together, and looks like the dynasty is over. Justin. Did you hear what Gronk said after the game? I did not. Uh, they a reporter asked him if there was any truth behind the rumor that Belichick tried to trade him to the Broncos in the offseason. I and, didn't hear this. And Gronk confirmed it but said that he shot it down because Brady wasn't going with him. Well, he said he would have retired. Yeah. He said he would have retired. He said he's not going anywhere without Brady. Brady's his quarterback. Ooh. So, so Matt, mercy. Uh, Matt, oh, this is going to get real interesting. As maybe the uh, hopefully the Steelers kind of figure out the whole Le'Veon Bell situation and maybe and bring men, him here. Men, well, men fences, men fences over there. I think <laughs> later on in the season, as it goes on, you're going to see the New England Patriots start to act a whole lot like the Pittsburgh Steelers are early on in the season. It's going to be a dump set. You wait, you wait. The fuse is lit. The fuse is lit, <laughs> yeah. and they're going to have their problems. I, I mean, you think about that Josh Gordon move. That that almost has a little scent of desperation. Little yeah. scent. It yeah. reeks of it. You know? It reeks of it. Well, big scent of desperation. You know what it smells like? It smells like... Uh, Old Navy. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who uh, beat Fitzmagic last night. Yeah. Pa- uh, Tampa Bay almost came back. Mm-hmm. 
Almost got it done. They've they've got weapons for days. The Steelers between uh, between their wide receivers, and they're going to ultimately end up losing Le'Veon. But between Juju and Antonio Brown, they got a pretty sick wide receiving core. And Connor is uh, stepping stepping yeah. his, his game up. But uh, did you see Vance McDonald's stiff uh, arm? Stiff arm, dude. Yeah. The dude, stiff that, arm that of the century. Oh my god. Chris Conti. I don't know if he got injured, concussed. I think maybe his he just ego. sent him in next week. They just they just put him on injured reserve. I think I'm his, not sure if it's related to that. The whole generations arm. of Contis were upset and hurt and yeah. like they came out of the grave and were like, damn, that hurt. God. <laughs> they they put him on the injury report. They put him on an IR. Oh, come on, under, under posterized. <laughs> man, the man, the man can't see the field anymore. He's too embarrassed. To Imagine show going back and seeing like, yeah, my dad played in the NFL. Going back to see all his, his footage and you see <laughs> your dad get stiff armed like that. It's better twice. Than, twice missed the first one and then yeah. got him on the second. And round. there's two angles of it. Still, still a better story than Vontae Davis's children. <laughs> I don't know which one's worse. I don't. <laughs> Did you see that dude run out of the uh, out of bounds and like into the barrier? Well, they, they, they were uh, so the Pittsburgh Steelers were going on a deep ball, yeah, and the defensive back oh, like yeah, it yeah, was yeah, way yeah, 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 overthrown, yeah. just ran way overshot. And full board, the DB forgot where he was on the field. He's so focused in on making a play, runs head turned, like dead smack into the <laughs> into the back barrier, <laughs> into the back wall. <laughs> like totally Gus Farada himself on, <laughs> by accident, gave himself a concussion. No way. Yeah, dude, Did he concuss himself. I, I don't see how you walk away from that without a concussion, dude. It was like full speed sprint into a wall. Yeah. I did that when I was like 11 years old, playing center field, running for. Did a your own ball. Aaron Rowan? What's that? Aaron Rowan. Yes, sir. Yeah. He doesn't know who that yeah, is. Yeah, that's okay. Aaron Rowan. <laughs> so I run. I, I'm trying to catch this ball, and it's it's literally a home run, and I'm running after like I'm gonna catch it, hit hit the fence. Knocked myself out. I woke up and I said, did I catch it? And I was like, it was a home run. You've been asleep for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to bring you to Old Navy. <laughs> good, good morning, Sunshine. Just to wrap it up, number eight, Dolphins. I don't know how they're 3-0, and but they are. Number nine, Vikings. Number 10, the Packers. So there you go. That wraps it up. Now keep in mind, two of those teams on that list. Who did the Packers just lose to? Uh, the Washington Redskins. Wow. Redskins kind of surprising wow. you and or concerning you a little bit. Uh, Adrian Peterson still hey, got some in the tank, man. Apparently. I think the Cardinals are just misusing him. I think, I think yeah, that's ultimately what Alex it was. Alex Smith gives you a little consistency at the QB position. He's not going to lose games for you. He'll do what he has to do. If, you know, you don't turn the ball over. You know, Alex Smith can win games for you. Before we uh, before we go ahead and get into around the league and getting into the Twitter questions, so little little backstory on this: we had the home opener tailgate, which was absolutely the most epic tailgate that we've ever thrown. We had Brennan do we had Brennan doing the um, you know the the Jason Kelsey impersonation. We had the jersey burning ceremony. Hundreds of people were there to witness it. NBC hits me up, like, the day before the Colts tailgate and goes, so you got anything fun planned for the tailgate? I'm like, my God, we can't have – there can't be something going on every single time for the tailgate. But it got the the wheels turned. got the wheels turned because we already have that big inflatable baby costume that I'm going to shove my brother in uh, (laughs) with a T-shirt that says Crybaby Vikings fan, and we're going to parade him around F-Lot, all right, so the fine folks can take a picture of the big giant baby dressed up in in Vikings colors. Very appropriate. But then I also, the light bulb went off uh, above my head, 
And we are going to have the first annual 4th and John Beer Olympics. Yes, sir. Coming this October to a parking lot near you, outside of Lincoln Financial Field, the best tailgaters in the world will be coming to F1 to show off their skills, their world-class skills in the Beer Olympics. Now, what we are going to do, we're going to have the final details uh, probably next week for, 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 next, for next week's show. But what we are going to do is have eight teams of five. So you are going to have a team name, you are going to have a designated team captain, and then four other players on your team. The Beer Olympics will comprise of four events. Number one, beer pong. Single elimination beer pong, a college favorite. You have to place in the top four to be ranked. Next will be flip cup. You'll be going toe-to-toe uh, -to -toe with another team, one of those eight teams. But you are not necessarily playing that team. You are being timed on your flip cup skills. So we are going to rank you one through eight based upon your times, almost like running the 40-yard dash on your flip cup skills. The next will be the shotgun race where you will go head-to-head, -head, again, head-to-head, -head, but it's not single elimination, you are being timed on your uh, uh, beer shot, the shotgun race, right? Yeah. So you are being timed. How quickly you can drink. Now, all those, when you place, you are put up on the big board. So if Team A finishes first in beer pong, third in flip cup, and fourth in the, um, the shotgun race, you're going to be averaged out. But there is the fourth event, which I am looking forward to. And it is going to be basically the Super Bowl because all these events are going to be happening. We're going to have one table designated for Flip Cup. People are going to be going off there. We're going to be have one table designated to uh, Beer Pong, and people are going to be going off there. Then behind the tailgate, we're going to mark off the shotgun race. People are going to be going off there. But everybody's going to clear the room for the final event. And that is the Beer Chug Dizzy Bat Tricycle Relay Challenge. <laughs> I'll say it again. The Beer Chug Dizzy Bat Tricycle Relay. Okay? Yeah, exactly. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to pound beer. You're going to do five turns on the old wiffle ball bat, the Dizzy Bat. You are going to jump on a tricycle. Pedal your ass probably about 30 yards down where you are going to have your tag team partner. Toss it off to them. They chug a beer, five spins on the Dizzy Bat, and they have to tricycle their way back down to the finish line. So the best place, we're going to average out where you place. It's going to be officiated by the 4th and John crew. So I'm going to, you know, Mike's going to be, uh, you know, refereeing the, the beer pong. We're going to, Evan, you and I are going to be timing the uh, flip cup challenge. I'm going to get real weird. We're going we're gonna to have probably Gale and Prime. They're going to be... Uh, they're, they're going to be timing the shotgun race, and then we're all going to be refereeing the, once again, the Beer Chug Dizzy Bat Tricycle Relay. And whoever averages out the most is going to win themselves, and we're having a trophy done up. Yeah. And you are going to win yourself the first annual 4th and John Tailgate Beer Olympics. And before all said events happen, your ass will sign a waiver. <laughs> Man, nobody got time for this. Pre-show, I was sitting outside the studio, right, in the lobby. And I'm explaining all this to Gail to a completely blank stare, like, are you serious? And the first words out of his mouth are, people are signing waivers for this, right? So, yes, you are required to sign a waiver. So, here's what we're going to do. Uh, fourthandjohn at gmail.com. 
We need a team name, team captain. You need four of the people on your squad, right? Because that's that's a flip cup team. Flip cup team is usually about five people. Yeah. Uh, beer pong. Everyone's going to rotate, so everyone's going to have a chance to toss. Shotgun race. Five people in the shotgun race, and then it's going to be two team captain and one other person yeah. in the beer chug dizzy bad tricycle relay. Make sure you send your team name. Make sure it's make sure, make sure it's creative. Yeah, yeah. Do, do what you got to do. Make the team name funny. Make up shirts. Do what you got to do. But basically, we're gonna get eight teams registered. So get on that now. Get to start the planning it right now. Awesome. This music is amazing. This yeah. is gonna be fun. Makes you sound like special. <laughs> yeah. Like not all. But wait, there's more. All right, Evan. We are going to get to the uh, around the league where we go around the league with Evan, bringing up different topics. We go ahead and discuss. Evan, why don't you take it away? All right. So uh, I, I got to say, this was a really busy week uh, as far as the NFL is concerned. 635 days the Cleveland Browns have been waiting. and Their fans have been waiting for the freezers to open up, chains to come off the refrigerators. They got their first win in two seasons. Uh, the Browns run their own version of the Philly special in the game. And... Wait, there's more. There was a possum caught in the stands. <laughs> what the hell is going on in Cleveland? They're partying. <laughs> Yo, when you're catching live possums in the stand. How'd it get in? I, I have, I, I have I no idea. Know. At least somebody was filling the seats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was just chilling. The guy, and then the dude just grabbed the possum by the tail. Yeah. And then the, the security was coming. He's like, I got this. It doesn't like, look like the first possum he's ever yeah, caught. Like, I'm like, no. dude, <laughs> how many possums have you grabbed by the tail? But uh, congrats to the uh, the Browns fans fans for finally getting a win. Yeah. But just uh, just so you know, the Philly specials are ours. Yeah, that belongs to us. Well, well, does it doesn't really. No. Does it, it really? It does belong to us now. Listen, guys. it'll always be. If they run that play 20 years from now, they're still going to be like, that was the Philly special. Yeah. So I have no problem. We'll put a stamp on it. Loaning it. Just loaning it to the Cleveland Browns so they can get their first win. Yeah. Good for you. You ran the Philly special. And not for nothing, wasn't ours to begin with. I, I don't have It was any... the Chicago Bears. No. Well, I don't it's have... But the Chicago, Chicago Bears, Bears did not run it in the Super they Bowl ran, on they ran fourth down. And that, and that, 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 who, yeah, no one's running that in the Super Bowl. So on, on, on the fourth, biggest on fourth stage, down, bro. Against the dynasty on New the England Patriots. Breath. It'll always be referred to as the Philly Special. So we can loan it out here and there. And it just rolls off the tongue way better than the Cleveland Special. The Cleveland Steelers. Miami. You don't know, you know, just loan out the Philly Special. It's like, it's like, like loaning out your girlfriend. You don't do that. All right. All right. There, there's, there's an analogy, she's special. I guess. Because she's special. She's special. She, she, is, she is special. That's right. She's the E-Rock you know, Special. You just don't give away the Philly Special. That's You can call it whatever you want, but it's not the Philly Special. All right. All right. Uh, on, a more, on a more serious note. <laughs> Let's get real, real weird, weird with it. it. <laughs> on a uh, more serious note, um, some unfortunate news came out of uh, Minneapolis this week. Everson Griffin seems to be uh, going through some stuff. He uh, threatened to shoot someone at a hotel, and then uh, he was told by uh, the Minnesota Vikings that he's unable to rejoin the team until he gets a mental health evaluation. On his way to the mental health evaluation today, he jumps out of the back of an ambulance. I, uh, let, me, let me preface this by saying I, I hope all the best for uh, Everson. I hope he's able to work through this. But uh, that's, that's a big player to be losing in your locker room. That is a big player. To and that, is, that is that is a certainly a disturbing mental breakdown. This is the first time I'm hearing this story. Really? Yeah. yeah, he's the guy so, that was giving Big V like fits uh, during that Vikings game. Yeah, but uh, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know, man. 
I don't know. What, was he on drugs or something? It, it just—I'm not sure if there's been any. Like I said, he was on his way to a mental evaluation today, and he jumped out of the back of an ambulance. So I'm not sure if there was any. If there's been any tests that have been done. Yikes. So uh, it's, it's really still up in the air. Could just be a mental breakdown from his own brain, or it could be drug induced. I don't know. I'd uh, wish all the be- best for him. God, I don't know what to say to that one. Yeah. <laughs> Got a little right. dark minute. <laughs> yeah, so it's gonna get real weird. This is a weird <laughs> around the league. Okay, needs- I'm loaning out my girlfriend. <laughs> People are jumping out the back of ambulances, possums, and so um, <laughs> and another issue that we- has been at the forefront of the NFL this entire year has yeah. been the new uh, penalties. Uh, one of them being the body weight rule. William Hayes has uh, he is the first one to try and abide by this rule and ends up hurting himself in the process. He was trying to sack Derek Carr and not drive his body weight onto him, try to twist him to the side, and in that effort, he tore his ACL. He's out for the season. Yeah, let's see. That's crazy. Do you do you think that there's going to be a more repercussion injuries because of these uh, these penalties? I mean, this is a problem. It's that you're always, it's earlier early in the season. Like players, when they don't know how things are being officiated, and it, it, you don't give the players a direct idea of what's going on, and like, how are you supposed to stop your weight midair? Yeah, you know when you're I mean? mo- when you're moving 20 miles an hour. Like, imagine Brian Dawkins coming out after quarterback and he does the spread, and he's in the midair and he lands on a quarterback. How is he not going to put weight on a quarterback? And, you know, Clay Matthews, he's getting hit with these penalties. And you know, those Mike, are Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy was ready to fight a ref on the sidelines over that. Here's the problem. And we, and we talked about this at length during the preseason and how this is kind of, you know, not to sound like an old head, but really kind of ruining the game, yeah. right? The problem is this rule is not going away. The NFL has changed the rules. The end zone celebration. Once upon a time, you couldn't have any choreographed or group celebrations in the end zone. Not only did they change the rule, and this is acceptable now, but it's encouraged because it means highlights. Ratings. It means ratings. Uh, What is a catch? What is not a catch? They changed the catch rule. And I will die on the hill, probably by myself, in saying that I had no problem with the catch rule as it stood last year. I'm going to die on that hill by myself, but I but I sincerely feel that way. Because why? Because it equals ratings. And the more touchdowns, the more catches, the more first downs, the more the offense is on the field, the better off it is for the league, or at least the way they see it for ratings. When you have a rule that deals with player safety, how exactly are you supposed to turn back the hands of time on that one? How are you supposed to turn back the time, the hands of time on saying that the quarterbacks aren't the number one thing that's driving the ratings for this league? How are you supposed to look at Aaron Rodgers and try to not uh, try to put in a rule that if, that decreases the, uh, the chances of losing a franchise quarterback for the sa- for the season because people are tuning out of Monday Night Football and Sunday Night Football games and Packers games in general. They're a big ticket. So when you have these player safety rules, you're not going to reverse them. It sucks. I'm not happy about it. But the but the players and the coaches need to start figuring out a way to get around this. Yeah. The funny thing is, it sends like this weird message to the players, like who's more important. That's what I was going to so get. So you at. got you got a quarterback. You know, you, you dive at the quarterback's knees. <gasps> it's yeah. a flag. You know, like it's an automatic flag. But running backs get butchered. Yeah. But what about a cornerback? Taking on a 300-pound plus 350-pound lineman who's trying to take out their legs. Like, nobody cares about the cornerback, right? 
No. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you're sending a weird message. Like, you really player safety or is it just quarterback safety? Yeah. Yeah. That is is true because when you take a look at the helmet rule, like, that sucked during the preseason. The helmet rule was absolute garbage. During the during the preseason, Unwatchable. and everybody was like, "Oh, don't worry, they'll they'll, they'll crank back. They'll, they're just officiating it hard now. They'll lighten up at the beginning of the season or when the regular season kicks off." The helmet rule, they they revisited that and said, "Okay, now it's with intention." If you were intentionally, Justin, go ahead. I was going to say, there's no consistent officiating of it across the board. They're they're not stopping offensive linemen from diving into defensive linemen's legs yeah and there was a it's called inconsistently from referee crew referee crew during the rams and chargers game there was a play where sue sacked philip rivers and just sprawled out and laid on him with no call someone with sue's background should definitely be getting the flag whereas you have players that don't have that history that are, are getting it so it's just is inconsistent across each officiating crew as well as just not officiated properly across the entire board for every player. Yeah, I mean, Fletcher Cox got his, his, his legs taken out yeah. just a couple weeks ago. I mean, nobody said jack about that. But, th- but this is what this is what the league sees it as. I mean, nobody, or, or, you know, Eagles fans are going to pack the stadium anyway, but nobody's tuning out of Eagles game because Fletcher Cox is on injured reserve. Nobody's tuning out of games because Everson Griffin is jumping out of the back of ambulances. Nobody, nobody's tuning out of games because a running back uh, got a concussion. People are tuning out of games because the quarterback isn't playing. And because the quarterback isn't playing, those teams don't have a shot. They're not going to get rid of this one. This one is in stone now. What they should get rid of is these flags. There's too many flags, man. Too many flags. Very, very contradictory to what you just said. Too many flags. Well, no, no, there is too many. I'm, I'm not, no, ha- I'm not happy about it, but just know that this one isn't going away. Yeah. And I tweeted, I tweeted out because they made a big deal on Sunday Night Football. I don't want to say big deal like they shouldn't be making a big deal out of it. Obviously, it is. I'm not happy about it. You're not happy about it. The people listening to this podcast aren't happy about it. But they made the big deal about how do you coach? If you're a coach, how do you coach your your players up into not doing this? And it brought me back to a, uh, a a drill that, believe it or not, Chip Kelly would run in Billy Davis's defense. And it was kind of an Australian football rules way of tackling, which basically you wrapped up, but you went to the side and flung the player. And I, I and I searched for 30 minutes looking for videos back from the Chip Kelly era. I found one from uh, Matt Lombardo, who's now doing the beat for the New York Giants. But he had a drill where they had that big orange donut. And the linebackers would touch a ball at the bottom, go, and then do that sort of wrap-up-and-spin move. If you're doing that, perfectly legal. I understand that these guys, since peewee football, have been trained to wrap, neck up, head up, hit the target, see the target, wrap up, drive them to the ground. They're going to have to change the way they play. I mean, this isn't going away. So maybe this coaching where you wrap up, you roll to the side, there's got to be a safer way to coach this. That don't even sound. I right. think William. I know Hayes. it doesn't. I know it, it doesn't sound. sound I'm not bro. happy about it, but just understand, it's not going anywhere. It's st- it's here to stay. Well, maybe we'll just go somewhere. Maybe we'll start watching hockey. Watch CFL. We're going. We're, <laughs> we're going to do that hockey. Eagle sessions. Hockey sessions, bro. Flyer right. sessions. All right. Uh, so anyway, um, this guy. Let me let me make sure I read his name right. Joe Montana. 
Jim, am I saying that right? Uh, I think Jim. I've heard of him. All right, yeah. Uh, so he's he uh, made a claim earlier this week saying he believes Hall of Famers should get a $300,000 pension after they leave the game. What is your guys' thoughts on uh, retirement plans for NFL players? Have they made enough money? Should they be making more money after they retire? Well, Eric, Eric Dickerson was leading the way of a committee that said basically Hall of Famers should get X, Y, and Z. And one of them, one of them was benefits. They should. I see. With a, a, they should. Absolutely, they should. But Dickerson really should have kind of worded it correctly. Worded it right to the point where it wasn't just Hall of Famers. wasn't just the elite. Like, let's try to do that for all retired players. And uh, Jerry Rice, who growing up was my favorite player, despite being an Eagles fan, yeah. Jerry Rice was my favorite player, put out a statement saying, what, like, he backed off. He's like, I'm not part of this committee uh, of Hall of Famers that wants all these the pensions and health benefits. Really, I feel like it should be all players, all retired players should have something. Uh, there should absolutely be some sort of, if you play X amount of years in the league, you should have benefits moving forward and some and some sort of pension structure in place or uh, work out a system with the league that if players want to opt into like a retirement plan or a 401k like many of us who work for businesses that's an option hey 401k you put it in we'll match something they got to start doing yeah. something for these retired players and again this will be part of the, the whole CBA blow up sure. when that comes around I mean, when, we, when we were out in Canton the amount of players that could barely walk, bro. Oh, like guys were in or wearing the helmet, or yeah. the helmets. Yeah, like uh, I mean, it, that's that's a part of the game that you don't really you don't really realize after these guys retire. Yeah, and dementia starts kicking in, or CT, or whatever you know, the head injuries, or um, but all players should be getting taken care of. I'm, mean, I'm I'm friendly with the um, the guy who runs the Giants Insider, like the Dave Spadaro of uh, the New York Giants, who, who DM'd me and said, and, and we want to echo this to everybody uh, listening, especially the family of Tommy McDonald, you know, our condolences and our Absolutely. thoughts and our prayers to you. He, was a, he, was a, and he DM'd me and it was like, hey, Tommy, you know, that, that sucks. Um, he was a great guy and a great player and really a one-of-a-kind personality. And the response that I had back to him was, bro, I just got back from the Hall of Fame. You should see all these dudes who you remember Franco Harris and what he looks like and Franco's in rough shape. Yeah. And you see a lot of the Jack Youngblood. We all remember Jack Youngblood, you know, kind of a crocodile Dundee looking dude, cigar hanging out of his Jack Youngblood's in bad shape. A lot of these players that we that have been out of the limelight for a couple years, to look at them now, it's scary. Yeah. It's straight up scary. Shell themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Just Yeah, a couple years ago I saw Earl Campbell go do an interview. And he couldn't even walk up the steps to get to the stage to sit down. Mean Joe Green's having the same problem. He, like, like, like he, he just couldn't. And it wasn't even like a flight of stairs. It was like a step up onto a stage. He, he couldn't. He, he had like two or three guys had to help him take one step up onto the stage. Yeah. And the, and the greats of the game that we remember, at least at our age, Gail, like the, their bodies are failing. <laughs> so to see it there, I mean, we were all having a good time and getting autographs and, you know, you know, singing songs to Chris Carter and stuff like that to get to, to get him to sign a minute. Cece, do you love me? Did we, ever tell that, did we ever tell that story no, on think, the air? I don't think we have. No, so so Chris <laughs> Carter, who is it? Chris Carter and Ronnie Lott? Yeah. yeah. They, so Chris Carter walks by and he's a little, little, little Hollywood for a second. And I was like, come on, man. He's at the car. So I'm looking at everybody, everybody. I'm like, come on, man. We, we got to think of something. 
to get, to, like, get to, to get Chris's attention. Gotta think of something. I'm like, all right, or we'll do we'll do Drake. CC. I'm looking at everyone. CC. Do you love me? Are you riding? Say so you'll never ever leave. Say it, sing with me. CC. Do, do you, you love me? And all of a sudden, he starts to see riding? his shoulders rock yeah. like this, and then and he's, he's doing stopped. the heart. He that- does the heart move with his, his hands, <laughs> and next thing you know, we all got autographs. Yeah. He was he was loving the fact he, he stopped like one foot on the bus to get on the bus to take all the Hall of Famers away. He stopped, started j- jiving his shoulders back and forth, turns around with the heart. We're all singing the song, comes over and signs everybody's autograph. But it was it was really besides having a good time out there and, and getting to meet a lot of Hall of Famers, like seeing these guys all banged up like that. Rough shape, dude. It was kind of heartbreaking. Really, really, really heartbreaking. By the way, Tommy McDonald. NFL champion 1960, six-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, NFL receiving yards leader in 1961, two-time receiving touchdown leader in 1958-1961, Eagles Hall of Fame, Eagles 75th anniversary team, and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. What a career. And a what a legend. Yeah. And really, what of a kind. I don't know if anybody in this room has ever had the opportunity to meet Tommy McDonald. There will never be another. He was a personality like you, like you have never met in your life. Such a nice, humble guy that stayed in the area, loved the Eagles fans, loved being a Philadelphia Eagle. And every time they introduced him for alumni, man, he would just soak it up. Yeah. Sometimes he would dance. He would yeah. dance. Like he would do a little hop step. A lot of energy from that dude. Yeah. He's going to be missed. He's going to be missed. Yeah. What else we got, man? As we, uh, as we lose Tommy McDonald, we end up gaining a, uh, another person in the Philadelphia scene. Not, it's not a uh, football-related, but our boy Gritty is officially on the scene. <laughs> oh I'm not so sure Jeez. if you have seen him yet, but uh, he crawled out of the depths of Kensington and is now <laughs> going now is going to be at Flyers game as their mascot. What is your guys' thoughts on the new mascot? Well, I mean, not not football-related, but certainly Philadelphia-related, and I appreciate you bringing it up. Uh, as you know, Fourth of John here, we're big on the internet. We're big on viral marketing. Yes. Okay. Uh, when I first saw this this thing, this creature, this whatever, the first thought in my head was, you spent all this time looking for a franchise goalie, and instead you gave us a big orange Muppet. Yeah. I mean, he did look like a cracked out version of the Philly Fanatic. Yeah. And he does the belly move too. Like yeah. A fanatic. He, yeah. It was it was real yeah. bad. It lit Twitter on fire. Yeah. The number one trending topic was friggin' gritty. Yeah. And today he went on his media tour. And they had the Pittsburgh Penguins tweeting about it. They had everybody tweeting yeah. about it. He went completely viral. Yeah. It, you know what? No and such thing as bad publicity. It was a lesson in viral marketing courtesy of the Philadelphia Flyers because nobody can stop talking about this friggin' mascot, Justin. He got like 60,000 Twitter followers overnight. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Move over. Chizzy gets busy. It's gritty. Gritty gets, <laughs> gritty gets Liddy. Oh, <laughs> Gritty gets Liddy. Yeah. But I, I don't know how, like, mascot, like, my family's Flyers season ticket holders as well. Yeah. So we, we spent a lot of time down at Wells Fargo Center watching that. And, uh, you know, Flyers fans, the, at least the diehards, like the mascot, at least in my opinion, is the last thing they're thinking about. The Flyers fans, hockey in general is such a niche market. Yeah. Maybe it's a you distraction. Know? Yeah, the to distract you from what's going on on the there ice. You go. <laughs> there you go. I love it. What else you got, man? Anything else? Uh, one more thing. Uh, Tiger Woods is back, people. He won a tournament. Sorry I had to take that time to just, uh, that, that's that's my final round of the league. 
I know, I know you don't care. Picking I know like, you don't care. Hockey, we, but we got, everybody we got, else. We got possums. We, we had the full right, full gamut today. We got people borrowing my girl. Yep. We got people jumping out of ambulances. Tiger might borrow your girl. We got gritty. Oh, and then we she's, not, she's not coming back if he does that. <laughs> no. No would I blame her. Be like, yo, put me on that alley. Yo, get some of that tiger money. I might be all in favor of that. All right, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good with around the league. All right, let's get to Mike's favorite segment of the show, and that is the Twitter questions. Why don't you go ahead and take it away, Mike? All right, so first question is from our boy Jeffrey Cross33. He says, do you see Howie making a move for another elite receiver by the trade deadline? Uh, trading for a receiver? No. I still think that uh, Dez is out there, and my stance on Dez has not changed since last week. If the Eagles' vertical passing game and or Alshon Jeffrey can't see significant time on the field. Look, you threw the ball. To, the tight ends were great. The running game was fine. Can you sustain success like that without a deep vertical threat? Look at what the New England Patriots are going through. All right? If Alshon can't stay healthy and if that vertical passing game doesn't become effective, I don't see a trade deadline move. Because I don't like you necessarily giving up assets, especially yeah. that late in the season. Although they did get Jay Ajayi late last year for a fourth round pick, all right? The, the Howie Roseman kind of fleeced the Dolphins on that one. I, I would still sign Des. Hey, I would still sign Des. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that, you know, once Kalamari Jeffrey comes back. <laughs> This happened. Yeah. Comes back. We right? got the old Navy of running backs. Like, I, and the, and the, like and I don't. I don't. You know. Like everyone's talking about bringing. We got Jeffrey coming back in either next week or the week after. And then we'll start seeing this this passing attack come alive. Now, if there's a guy that they, they might kick the tires on, it'll be Jeremy Macklin. I know it's not sexy, but we're talking money here. He's talking about. Spending the wad of cash on Des Bryant. I'm talking it's not about be a wad. saving the money <coughs> for something else. But if if it comes down to desperation in like a JGI trade down the road, you want to give up a, a little little draft capital. I'll so what you're saying is my Des Bryant pitch last week did not convince you. It was a nice pitch. It sounded <laughs> really great. You know. I surprise, just, surprise, baby! Just bringing him into our locker room, spending cash on someone who doesn't know our offense right away, you know, it, it's a project. I think, But I, I, I think we're going to be fine. I think we're going to be just fine. You like Evan. the calamari, don't you? I like the calamari. All right, next question. Uh, another question is from Pennsylvania. Since uh, we're facing Titans, he asks, uh, how badly did you want to draft Mariota at the time when Chip Kelly was here? I thought it was a... a match made in heaven honestly when uh, when chip kelly was here everybody knows that he wanted mariota and everybody knows what chip kelly's whole offense was what his whole scheme was and he ran it perfectly with mariota in oregon so i think it was everybody's dream to watch that come to life in the nfl I, i'm not gonna lie i wanted it really bad and, and i don't believe chip whatsoever in the fact that fletcher cox was not in a trade package offered to tennessee to go get him I don't believe that at all. And I do find it ironic that the man, the general manager who uh, Chip Kelly usurped to get power of the uh, the entire organization, the very next year goes and makes the double jump necessary to go get Carson Wentz. My, 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 isn't it funny how everything all just kind of worked out? But yes, I, w I was heavy on the... Because I figured if Chip was going to work, he needs the quarterback that's going to make his offense work. I wanted Mariota bad. Yeah, I, I wanted Mariota as well. I mean, he was a perfect, headstrong kid. You know, like, very super humble. 
uh, fitting him in with uh, Chip Kelly would have been a match made in heaven. Yeah. When I heard that idea of Fletcher Cox, I was like, nah, nah, I'm not doing it. But you know, uh, speaking of Chip Kelly, what, what what's the uh What's UCLA's record? Are they 0-3 or 0-4? 0-3. Yeah, 0-3. That's not a hypothetical. When was the last time Chip Kelly... That's not a hypothetical. That's reality, When was the last time Chip Kelly actually won a game? Because I know... I have no idea. Yeah, 2-14. Can we put aside, like... I know there's far and few in between, but there are people out there that still think that Chip needed more time or Chip Kelly was a good coach. He got a bum rap. Can we just finally put to bed the fact that Chip Kelly is absolute dumpster juice? Yeah. He's a snake oil salesman. Most importantly, he has no emotion intelligence no emotional you talk. know it's Every, everything worked out in the end all right so we got another question from c desk i'm surprised this wasn't brought up in the show he says do you think we should trade for levy on bell nah nah no. not not for a one-year rental first of all we don't we don't have I, the assets that we'd have to give up to get them what like what, what are we gonna lose we're not gonna have we're not probably not gonna have them next year we wouldn't be able to fit, fit them under the books for next year so who's gonna be our running back next plus year? justin correct me if i'm wrong you're we're not even you're not even able to sign him there's some sort of stipulation that even if you trade what can you clarify that for me yeah so uh, for when you trade for a player that has the franchise tag you can't sign them after week one to an extension if he's on his new team so the Steelers would have to – I mean, it doesn't really happen in football. It does in basketball, a sign-and-trade. But even if they traded for him, they wouldn't be able to extend him right now. So you'd run the risk of, of him hitting free agency see, anyway. Anyway, even if you trade for him. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, you could have, like, you know, uh, you know, a little wink handshake, like we're going to send him. But, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that that doesn't, doesn't change anything from him. You know, at the end of the season, just walking away. So if you were to trade for him, you would really have to go into it as if he's going to be a rental. You have to assume that you're only going to get him for 12, 13, and that, 14 and games. And that is way too it's heavy of a price tag. Sense. A, we don't have the cap room. B, you're not trading those kind of – because it's going to cost you a first round and like a like a fifth. It's going to yeah, cost you a y- first and a mid. Yeah, yesterday uh, they said that the Steelers were starting at a first-round pick and a player. No pass, hard pass, hard no, pass. We, we, it's like going, it's going like, it's like going shopping for clothes, right? <laughs> yeah, this is not old navy Jeez. we're talking about. And your parents say you don't got money for that. You don't got, we don't got Le'Veon Bell money. You know, we got, we got old navy we money. Got old navy money. <laughs> got, That's the, so, got this bright money. Got, hey, hey, next got uh, so another question from our good uh, one of our writers, Ryan Neal. He says he would love to hear you guys' take on this. And he said, would you re-sign J.H.I. after the season, t- taking into account how well Clement, Smallwood, and Adams played? I mean, unless he, unless he gets rid of those back issues. I mean, he first of all, going into the trade last year, it was a known fact that he dropped in the draft due to his knee issues. Now he's starting the season now with these back issues, getting frustrated post-game, talking about how his S is all effed up. You know what I mean? Like, he has to see the field in order to get contract money. Like, he's in a contract year. It's got to be frustrating for him. But I don't see the Eagles, like, re-signing him unless he, unless he gets, his, gets healthy. No, I think for him, it's like you're in a contract year. You're looking to get paid. You're starting your, your your season off on the wrong foot already with the the, the, the injuries he's had, soft tissue injuries, now the back. Um, he's got to put up some numbers down the road um, to get paid. Yeah. 
If he if he wants to be like the premier free agent running back once the season is over, he's going to have to have a monster rest of the season. Yeah, exactly. and healthy too, and not miss any more like time. Like that huge run he had when he was with the Dolphins at the back end of the year, where he was putting on big games. You're gonna have to do that to yeah. get a contract here. Yeah. All right, so we got another question from Alex Luger. He says, "Rank these most rank these players one through four, and why that are more valuable to a team." He says, "Hicks, Aguilar." Darby and Ajayi. Mm. One through four. And I'm, why? Hicks, I'm, Aguilar, Darby, and who? Ajayi. Ajayi. Um, I would put Hicks as number one. I think I think they're pretty much in the order that well, who's the second guy? Aguilar. Aguilar? I think they're pretty much in the order that he put them in. Hicks, Aguilar, nah, Darby, and no. Ajayi. As as far as right now with not having wideouts and needed to rely on Nelson. It's Nelson Aguilar, number one. Wow, okay. Nelson Aguilar, number one, because he has blossomed into one of the premier, like, slot, or I'm, I'm sorry, premier, in, like, slot receivers yeah. in, the, in the NFL. Uh, I don't think that with the health concerns with Calamari, that, uh, that, that he, he, he's like your number one at this point. Hicks, the Eagles, proved that they can do, they can do it without him. Um, he's had injury concerns in the past, right? So he's had ch- had trouble seeing the field. Uh, Darby, I would go Ajayi and then Darby. Now, Justin's shaking his head the entire time at me over here. All right, give it to me, Justin. What do you got? I mean, you'd have. To, I think you have to go with with Darby number one. Because Why though? You got Sidney Jones. Like that's that's one of your deepest positions. Is cornerback. I mean, right now he's starting. Right now the guy starting opposite of him is getting burnt. So you need him to step up on his side. Otherwise, you're going to have both corners that are getting burnt. And he played so- real, I'd say, better than solid to start the season. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll agree and with you And I mean, you, you, need, you need someone to cover the other team's number one. But the, but the, he's not covering the number one. He's covering his side of the field. Well, no, I'm saying like he, he should be. Like They shouldn't be playing different sides of the field. Darby should be following the number one receiver. Yeah, but Jim Jim Schwartz kind of addressed this. I, I think Bartrud actually asked the question, like, why is it, why are corners like traveling with, like, you see um, Jalen Ramsey with the uh, Jags kind of traveling with Odell Beckham Jr. And he's like, if you're gonna do that, you from a technique standpoint, you need all your corners to be able to play all three positions. And it's hard enough to find a slot corner. Yeah. So in other words, Darby would have to know technique on the right and the left hand side and in the slot. Because the, the offense is moving around receivers. I mean, this, this is how they determine man versus zone. This is how they create mismatches by moving around these receivers. Jalen Mills, like, yeah, he had a miserable game against Tampa Bay. But what uh, what, what did he hold uh, T.Y. Hilton to? Like 50 yards? Five catches on 50 yards? So Jalen's not that bad. It's a deep position. I realize that Darby's, like, important, but it's a deep position. Ajayi, they're doing it without him. I'm going Aguilar. Uh, let's go Hicks after that. Ajayi and Darby. I'm putting Darby last. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Hicks first because uh, he's the, he's the quarterback of the defense, and uh, I think the way that they're playing, uh, Hicks is he's lights out, dude. Like he, he is. Dude. He has another element to the middle of the field. Um, and then I, I'll probably go. Hmm. I go. I think I go Aguilar because I think he's important right now to our, our offensive. Uh, game plan. Uh, he's one of the only wide receivers that's really putting up numbers. And then I guess Darby. Um, 
and then Ajay round up the end. I think right now the, the running backs are showing that they can uh, put up numbers without him. Uh, but I, I do feel like Ajay gives us that. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm to change my answer. Ags, Hicks, Darby, Ajay. Go ahead. Um, you, you mentioned uh, Hicks being the quarterback of the defense, and I agree with that. Would you think that Hicks has the highest football IQ of any of the players on our defense? And if you don't think so, who do you think does? Well, I, I think What'd you say Jenkins? I think he's, yeah, I mean, I think he's one of the smartest dudes on the field, I feel like. Um, well, one of the he, benefits of this defense is, like, all of them are very intelligent, very understanding of where each other is supposed to be. I mean, Hicks is – think about how many times, like, Hicks has the, a great feel for the game. I mean, he recovered the fumble last week. Yeah. He's just always around the football. Yep. And that's something that not all players you can say about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I guess I guess Jenkins would probably be another super. That's what I thought, either him or, him or Jenkins. All right, so we got another question from uh, Brandon Day, 717. He says, when is Michael Bennett going to show up? He said, Cox is taking the double team, so he should be being blocked one-on-one, but he hasn't heard of him much. What is your guys' thoughts? Uh, I had posted um, a, a GIF or a video of actually Michael, Michael Bennett pushing the pocket. Yeah. Uh, the play where uh, Luck almost got sacked by Chris Long, that was due to Michael Bennett putting the, I guess, the left tackle in his lap. Yeah. So I mean he is he's getting he's getting some pressure. You still yeah. it's still early, still getting his feel for the uh, defensive line. I think it's similar to Fletcher Cox's situation last year, where it may not show up on the stat sheet as much of an impact as he's making, but Michael Bennett is making an impact on the like out yeah. there for sure. They're putting pressure. Yeah. Well, before we wrap the show up, let me just tell you that the uh, Fourth and John uh, T-shirts are on sale on the Wildfire Sports uh, page. If you use promo code Carson thirty. Uh, it's 30% off of all the T-shirts. Again, get your teams ready and your squad ready for the Beer Olympics uh, at the Vikings tailgate. Oh, you look shocked there, Gail. 30%? 30% off. So if you want to take your kids uh, clothes shopping, not at Old Navy, you shop at our shop, get that discount. Let's get it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> get ready for the Beer Olympics. Uh, Eagles got to come back 3-1 on this one. They absolutely have to. So let's end it the way we always do. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! Eagles football? We're talking Eagles football. You're listening to Fourth and John. Wait, what the f is a John anyway? I'm gonna make him an offer guy with you. Alright, uh, let's regroup here. Let's regroup. Um <laughs> Lot of mercy. He wasn't ready. This is Trox in the bushes. Just kidding. What? I'm gonna get real weird with it. You can't handle the truth. Next question. I want you.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.